Hi, today on my show, I have a guest, Christina, who met her husband through online dating. Hello, Christina. Hello there. How, How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for uh, allowing me the opportunity to be on your show. This is exciting. Well, I appreciate it. Um, so tell me, how did you meet your husband? How long ago? What service did you use? And did you did you have to talk to a lot of frogs before you found your prince? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so here's the ironic thing. Um, I uh, started online dating as a rebound. I only joined one service. I joined Plenty of Fish, which when I tell people that, they instantly roll their eyes like, oh, it's the worst one. <laughs> I call it Plenty of Fakes. Yeah, this, I, I had no idea. It was the free one at the time. And because I was just getting out of a relationship, it was more uh, to give me hope that there's people out there. You're not going to die alone. Um, so I joined instantly. I tell the story to my girlfriends and they're like, oh, that sounds just like you. Instantly, the first person I talked to sent me a picture of his bare ass. And I... <laughs> Uh, chastised him like I was his mother. Like, I don't know who you expect to meet like that, but I'm not your girl and went into this whole thing. And so all my friends were sort of trying to prepare me that this was normal and this was the expectation. Uh, so uh, my profile included, it was, so I was a branch manager for a long time. So it was me in a suit. Uh, it was me skydiving. And then it was me in a banana suit. And I sort of decided that depending on what they commented on was going to indicate a lot. So uh, I had quite a few people that commented on the skydiving. Oh, that's cool. You must be into adventure and all that stuff. And all the people that commented on the banana suit, I knew that they were the ones I was going to talk to. So yeah. <laughs> um, that was the first uh, interaction that I had with my now husband was he commented on the banana suit. Uh, and he basically was saying, I hope if we ever get a chance to meet, that that's how we meet. It's like, you're in the suit, you roll up to the restaurant, just own the place. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so I had, uh, at the time, my son was very little and I was working full time and I was not interested in wasting a bunch of time on people. So I would text them for a long time before I would bother meeting with anybody. And I had friends who had the online dating down to a system where they would uh, meet people right away and they would just go for coffee in the middle of the day so they could, if they didn't like it, they could say, oh, I got to run back to work. It's been great. And then never talk to them again. And they would just get out of the way. And I, I just didn't want to waste my time. And so I talked to people for quite a while, I would say probably at least a month before I went on my first date. So uh, the guy that I went on the first date with, did not seem attractive. He had uh, in his profile, it was listed as photographer and he had terrible pictures. And I thought, well, I hope he's better taking other people's pictures than he is taking his own because they were just awful, like up the nose, five head sort of pictures, just real bad angles. And so uh, he was in the military and he at the last minute said, hey, I'm leaving to go to the field tomorrow would you want to go out to dinner tonight? And I had uh, actually scheduled a date with somebody else for that night that I flaked on that person <laughs> <laughs> because this guy just seemed like he just had a great personality and we had talked for so long. And I thought, well, I would rather go into this and be comfortable and just get my first date out of the way. And um, I had already decided when I went in that I was going to pay for dinner because I knew that it wasn't going to go anywhere and I didn't want to put that on to somebody else. So I uh, 
in typical, for anybody who knows me, they hear all these stories and they're like, yep, that sounds just like you. So I walked in, he was sitting down um, and I just set my purse down and said, I got to pee and walked away. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't even get a word in. And so uh, I came back and I sat down. We ended up talking for probably four hours or so that night. Wow. Um, Yeah. And it was just very comfortable conversation. And I'm more of a, uh, more of a emotional person than a physical person. And so the fact that we connected so well on an intellectual level, uh, just really resonated with me. And so he, because he was in the military the next day he left and he was gone for six weeks. Uh, and because it was my first date, I was not interested in waiting around for him to come back after six weeks. So, uh, basically, I just texted him and let him know it was great to meet you. You know, let me know when you come back and maybe we'll talk again. Um, And of all the people that I had talked to that I gave that sort of, it's not going to work and I appreciate your time, but I'm just not feeling it. uh, He was the only one who responded in a positive, respectful way that just said, don't don't worry about it. I appreciate your honesty. When I, when I am back in town, if things change, just let me know. Uh, and so I kind of went about my business dating people who continued to have that sort of attitude. I, I prided myself on being very transparent with anybody that I dated, that if I wasn't feeling it, I was not going to waste their time or their energy or play any games. And so I was very truthful with everybody. And a lot of the people that I was dating took that as a shot to their ego. So I got a lot of backlash and a lot of, well, you're not that great anyway, and you're going to die alone. And all of these just very dramatic. (laughs) I was like, well, now I know why you're still single. Yep. And so uh, a few months went by. I I did end up dating uh, another person that was a very kind person and just situationally, he had a lot of stuff that he was dealing with that I wasn't willing to take on at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we sort of went our separate ways. And so uh, the guy that I had gone on the first date with, I don't know why, but he popped into my head a couple months later. And so I texted him and just said, hey, I hope you're doing well. Uh, and it turns out because when I met him, he had been recently restationed from out of state. And so he, he didn't have anywhere to live and he was living in the barracks. And he... It's by my house. <laughs> yeah. And so he basically was like, oh, uh, yeah, I moved to the city that you live in. Uh, and so he, we got a basic understanding of where, and he happened to live right down the street from where I lived. So um, we opted to do what we call a second first date mm-hmm. because so much time had passed. And so same thing. We just uh, we ended up going out and seeing a terrible movie, and we <laughs> talked... The entire time, we talked again for hours and hours, and we sat next to a couple at the bar that were probably in their 70s, and they had, they were going through wine like it was going out of style, and they were adorable, <laughs> and they were trashed, and we were like, oh, I hope that's our future. Um, and again, he, because in the military, he was gone for a couple weeks after that, um, and then we reconnected after a couple weeks, which which was fine because we're busy. Everybody's busy. And I didn't want to be on the hook to see somebody every day. Anyway, seeing somebody once a week even felt like a lot. Um, so we finally, after our third date sort of reconnected 
and took it seriously. And that's the person that I ended up marrying. Oh my gosh, this is... <laughs> This is the sweetest story ever. Isn't it weird? Yeah, it's the way that everything worked out. It just clearly the stars aligned and it was meant to happen and that you can't test fate, you know? So, yeah, I love um, Now, how long have you been married? You know, we've only been married for a little over a year. That's Mm -hmm. a lie. It'll be two years now that I think about it out loud. Okay. Um, But so. Uh, we, so after we seriously started dating, he got deployed and was gone for probably nine months to the Middle East. Ouch. Um, yeah. So, uh, backstory, backstory. I don't know how much time you have here, but. Oh, no, we got plenty. (laughs) (laughs) The person I was rebounding from, uh, had also previously been deployed and there was a lot of, uh, discomfort around the whole situation. And so my now husband, when he had to tell me he was deploying, was really nervous. Like he thought I was just going to call it quits and not bother. Um, And so he was really reluctant to tell me. And when he finally told me, it almost felt like a relief because I feel like as as an adult with kids trying to do the online dating thing, the assumption is that your lives are just going to perfectly integrate with each other and you're just going to jump in and get married and move in and everything's going to be perfect. Uh, But it's so much messier than that. And I had a full-time job and I had volunteer things I was doing and I had my son that I had full-time and I just wasn't super interested in doing the like hurried relationship sort of situation. So, um, so it was kind of nice that he was gone for as long as he was. It really helped us grow being able to communicate with each other uh, and not be distracted by the in-person so we could talk through a lot of things that normally I think people sort of ignore because you're in-person and you don't want the fight. Yeah. So we talk through a lot of things unemotionally. Um, and yeah, so he came back and he I think he was back for probably a year to a year and a half and then we got engaged. And so our two-year anniversary is coming up in – a few months at this point. This is the sweetest. What I'm hmm. amazed about, he's actually a military guy. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. so many of them that I've written about, oh, yeah, I'm in the military. I'm on a peacekeeping mission named that country. Oh, you yeah. know, And then they're not. <laughs> you know, there's so many things you can tell that they're not, you know. Yeah. Um, but th- that's what grabbed me in the beginning. And I'm like, is he a real military guy? <laughs> Yeah. Well, and so that's what I ran into. And that's why uh, I am a transparent person by nature. And so uh, people will either know what I think of them right out the gate or I will never talk to them again. So if I can't have that relationship with somebody, then it's not going to work. So uh, there were definitely a lot of people that felt the need to inflate their resume. We'll just say, oh, I'm I'm a business owner and I'm an entrepreneur and I'm all of these things. Um, and ironically, I mean, when, when I met my husband, he was like a not incredibly high level Marine. Like he wasn't making a bunch of money. Um, and I didn't care because that's not the point. But I think so many times when you're looking at somebody on paper or when you're swiping or whatever the case may be, it's like, how can I instantly evaluate their resume? And so people feel the need to sell themselves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just gravitate naturally toward people who are just genuinely themselves. And that's, uh, I found that really challenging through online dating because not a lot of people are themselves. I think a lot of people are afraid to be themselves. They're worried about the rejection yeah. more than finding somebody who will just like them for who they are. 
Right, right. I mean, I still have my profile on uh, Plenty of Fakes. Um, <laughs> it's I go under a different name, but all the stuff in there is basically how I feel about stuff. Yeah. Um, if I ever, not that I'm really looking for anybody, I'm really not, you know, but it would be funny if I actually did meet some guy we actually met in public. Okay, that's not my name. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Let me explain this to you. <laughs> You're going to love this story, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, is how much do you want to put out to the world without knowing who's going to see it? Because you put right. out pictures and you put out, you know, your career info and all of these things where uh, at the end of the day, it's just going to be looked at by a bunch of strangers. So how much do you really want people to know? But Right. Um, yeah, it's a right. tough, it's a tough business out there. I think I went through phases where I would be probably more like down in the dumps or I want an ego boost and I would go and talk to people and then it's overwhelming and there's so many people out there and yeah. especially, uh, I don't know if this is across the board, but I feel like generically women get a lot more, uh, messages and things like that. So it's just a lot to go through and deal with and then try to decipher who was cool and who wasn't and spend a bunch of time on people that eventually you were like, oh, this isn't even worth my time anymore. So right. it's a lot. Yeah. Online it's dating a lot of work. Lot. Yeah. Because <laughs> I kind of just got on the online dating just for fun, just to see mm -hmm. what was out there. And then it kind of opened, uh, I'd always wanted to do a blog and this kind of opened my creative juices, I guess you could say, yeah. you know, so, um, I mean, like I said, I still have it out there. I don't go by my name, but they are my pictures and, yeah. um, that's all I'll say about it. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and honestly, I feel like that's more important because there's so much catfishing and so many people who are, yeah, I'd, I'm still confused what the intention of catfishing is, unless it's, uh, either the insecurity of, I don't want people to make judgments until they meet me in person or if, unless it's leading to some sort of fraud. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it feels well, like a lot of mine has been money, gift cards, um, wanted an iPhone. I mean, I even have fake oh, celebrities. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I've okay. had like 13 fake Chris Evans. Um, and those, and most of those were where, well, I have this charity and I want you to donate to it. Um, my very first Chris, fake Chris Pratt wanted an iTunes gift card. Really? Right. <laughs> you're like a billionaire, you know, and you're asking me for, you know, and, I mean, I knew all along they weren't the real McCoy, but um, <laughs> it's just, it's entertaining, you know? Yeah. So. Well, yeah. And I, uh, like I said, I worked at a bank branch for a long time and you see, I saw a lot of romance scam, uh, which is sort of a bummer. And I just, yeah. I just talked about this on my podcast because uh, people want so badly to believe it. And it's unfortunate when people, I'm a natural cynic. So whenever I see something then I'm like, well, one plus one doesn't equal two. Yeah. I, I immediately push back, but so many people want so badly to believe that in the good things and that somebody wants them and that, you know, this attention is coming from a place of love and not a place of trying to take advantage. I got an email yesterday. I worked at the fish fry this year at the one church and I have magnets on my car that advertise my blog. You know, everybody knows, knows me, you know, and, um, I get an email forward to me from the office manager at the church. Um, a lady, and actually I know the lady, um, she goes, I thought I saw somebody, I think it was Patsy, they had something on her car about scammers and stuff. And the girl knew immediately it was me. And so actually I ended up, she 
emailed, I emailed, or I called her and said, look, this is Patsy and blah, 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 you know, and she told me she's, she was very upset. She has a friend that was being scams, a guy who lives in Australia on an oil rig. That's the other famous job. Uh-huh. And I mean, she goes, I have a feeling she sent her, sent him lots of money. And she goes, I don't think she has any left. And she goes, I just don't know what to do, you know? And I said, well, first thing is, Go read some of the stories on my blog. And then I told her, I said, watch two episodes, listen to two episodes. One is with the special agent. The other one is with a girl and her sister that I interviewed who wrote a book because the sister was um, scammed. Mm. Um, You know, I said, those will be two really good things, especially the agent, you know. Um, And then I said, you know, I also have stuff about from the FBI, the Army, Homeland Security, FCC, where I work, I'm friends with the cyber people. So the one gal always sends me stuff to post, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I go check that out as well. So she texted me earlier this evening and she said, she doesn't believe what we're all saying, you know, but we're going to try again. And, you know, she thanked me for trying to help, you know, and I, as I always do, I said, you know, I'm even glad to talk to her, you know, Mm -hmm. um, because I can actually say stuff that I know that this guy's telling her without having to, memorize or read it because I've heard it all you know yeah but I just I felt really bad for her and the lady that I know um I do have another thing I wanted to tell you since you work at a bank (laughs) um whenever I I got bank account numbers like they thought I was really going to send them money Mm -hmm. and what I do is I actually print out my conversation tell them this and give them the bank information, and I'll send a letter to that bank, wherever it may be. Well, most of, if they're in St. Louis, I just send it to the St. Louis branch. But I had one that was, I don't even remember where in the country. Um, But then I also send like a copy to the FBI in St. Louis to let them know. And actually, Mm -hmm. when I first contacted the FBI, because the girl, the cyber department said, oh, you need to send all this stuff to the FBI, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I got like an email two weeks later from this lady agent and she had said, um, she goes, well, first off, it's nice to meet someone um, that hasn't sent these guys money. And then she said, it's good that you're sending this stuff to the banks because chances are they're closing out the accounts or doing, start monitoring them because the one lady agent that I did have on my podcast, that's what she said. You become money mules. You know, mm-hmm. they'll say, okay, this money's going to come in your account. You keep this much and then send. And she goes, it bounces around, which you may be familiar with. It bounces around like from account to account before it actually gets to the scammer. Yeah. So that they're pretty insulated from what's happening and everybody else is left. Yeah. Holding the yeah. bag. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she'd also said these people that are helping this scammer and don't know it, they can get into trouble, you know? Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's just crazy out there. It's awful, you know? And I feel bad because a lot of it is older women, Mm -hmm. you know, like the lady from church, you know, and I'm just like her friend, she goes, she's in her sixties and you know, she just lost her husband a while, like a year or two ago and she's lonely and, you know, and I told her, I go, well, they say all the right things. They say the things you want to hear. I love you. You're beautiful. There's, you know, there's a whole boatload of stuff, you know. Yeah, I am a total segue. I am uh, working on a book that will be published someday between now and when I die. We'll see. <laughs> but it basically talks about um, how we as human beings are so lacking in validation that we will find it anywhere we can get it. And so um, 
that's a big part of that is social media and doing it for the likes and making sure that, you know, you look a certain sort of way so that people will pay attention to you. But another part of that is being so uh, desperate for a relationship or for companionship that we're willing to settle for narcissists and gaslighting and all of these abuses that on the outside are clearly abuses. But when you're in it, you're just so willing to look past it in order to maintain a relationship. Um, and so I, I had a similar conversation because like I was saying, we just did an episode about financial scams where, uh, in my experience in my career, a lot of it was, uh, the more elderly community and they also were very, uh, ashamed of the fact that they had been taken advantage of. So they didn't ever talk about it with anybody. So it was a defending it was first defending to everybody who was saying no it's a scam i promise you they're just trying to get money from you it's not a mm-hmm. it's not an actual romantic relationship and then once the scam did go through they were so embarrassed to say anything that they just kind of kept it quiet and then nobody learns from it and it just the cycle just keeps continuing so yeah yeah well I always tell I think I did this in my first show and I post this every I repeat a couple phrases every once in a while on my blog I always say please don't make fun of these people that fall for these scams it's not their fault you know um I've said this numerous times I could if this social media was around in the 80s I'm 58 and if it was around in the 80s and I was less self-assured about myself and confident and um I could have easily fallen for some of this stuff I don't have any money but I mean listen to that kind of sweet talk and stuff I could have been a victim easily you know yeah and I always use the example my dad one day just texted me a picture of a check and said is this real Mm. And he had just gotten a check in the mail that was, there wasn't even any sort of emotional ties to it. It was some company that was doing the typical, here, you got a settlement, just send us back the taxes, you're good to go. Uh, And he's a very intelligent person, very educated. And even he, it gave him pause, like, oh, well, maybe this is good. Yeah. And thankfully, he ran it by somebody else. But there's so many people that you just assume things are good. You take people at their word. You have no reason to not believe them. They haven't done any wrong to you. So why would you not trust them? Right. Um, and so, and I think, like I said, because I'm naturally an asshole, it's yeah, harder for people it. to pull one over on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think a lot of that is because I've seen so much. Yeah. Uh, so for people who've never been exposed to any sort of fraud or deceit or things like that, it's much easier to believe that people would never do that to you. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I yeah. agree. Well, is there anything else you want to share with us? Because I just completely love your. If you do a book, I want an autograph copy. Okay, <laughs> I got one. The other two ladies that I interviewed, when she contacted me last year, it was in the fall. Um, I bought the book on Kindle right away. Oh, so okay. when I did the podcast, I said, now, if I buy the book and send it to you, will you autograph it for me? Well, right. She goes, we got a stack of them. We'll send it to you. you oh, know? So yeah. anybody that I interview that writes a book, I just want an autograph copy. Perfect. <laughs> yep. I, someday when I actually put it out, I will send it your way. Well, I started writing a book about all this a couple of years ago, and I still have it in there. I'm not sure what direction I want to take it in. Mm-hmm. Um but um, but I still have it. And I look at it once in a while, and you know. But I've got so much other stuff going on right now. It's kind of hard to okay. I can't do that too, you know. 
Yeah, that's how it feels sometimes between the podcast. And then I also, uh, I run a film production company and then I also have a job and I'm like, man, I need more hours in the day because I have all these ideas <laughs> and no time to do anything with oh, them. I know. So what's your podcast? <laughs> Tell us about your podcast. Because that's you know, how we connected was um, from the Facebook page, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I had, um, I had worked on a previous podcast for the last year, sort of getting that built up and I decided to go my own direction because I am by nature a nerd. Uh, <laughs> and I always find, I think, trivia and learning really interesting. And so I had this idea that I was going to do my own podcast that was based on you were going to learn something every episode. But I'm very into comedy. My last podcast was a comedy podcast. So it was supposed to be a combination of comedy and uh, education and I thought I had this novel idea and I'm talking to my husband and he's like, oh no, that's already a thing. That's called edutainment. I already heard about it. <laughs> so apparently it's not that novel. Um, but so that's basically, I have a few different segments that I'm running. The first one that I launched the show with were um, different trivia facts about a certain topic. So my very first episode was 10 different trivia facts about sports Cool. And the, the last one I put out was trivia about Harry Potter. I've got an upcoming trivia about Star Wars. Oh, and yes, so, I'm in. Yeah, so it's just very... Uh, Any and chance I, of a Marvel one coming up? Yes. So, All right, I'm in. Yes, I tried to con my husband into doing this with me, and he's just very anti being the center of attention. But I love Marvel. I live for Marvel. Me too. So my second Team segment... Cap. Team Cap. Okay, listen. <laughs> I'm going to go on a tangent real quick. <laughs> I didn't realize that you could fall in love with a movie character, but I have. And so they kill him off or they get rid of him or whatever. And I feel this hole in my heart every time yes. I see him. And it bothers me that they have made me love him. And then yes. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. In Endgame, I'm going to admit it right now, I cried like three times in the movie. The, and I, my daughter goes with me. My daughter's 21 now. Um, but, you know, she like sits there to wait for me to cry in the movie, you know, and it was, there was like three moments. Well, of course, the one was when, spoiler alert, Tony Stark dies. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and then at the very end where Cap and Peggy are reunited, which I called when Infinity War, at the end of Infinity War, I left the theater with my friend and my daughter. I said, they're going to do time travel and Steve and Peggy are going to be together next year. Boom, it happened. And that happened. was yep. just so sweet. And I bawled all the way home. Yeah. <laughs> I am getting a tattoo in honor of that scene because I am a diehard. <laughs> I yes. take it very seriously. Yes. I already have it all mapped out. I'm going to get the music for that scene that they're dancing to tattooed on my body because <laughs> I'm a weirdo. I love it. Um, I yes, love I have it. a Marvel episode. And so the next segment that I'm going to be working on is an actual game show version of that where I'm where I have a couple guests on and the trivia questions are like up for grabs and whoever's on can guess it and there's going to be points involved because uh, I like it to be very interactive I like it to be fun I like people to learn something and walk yeah. away just feel entertained that sounds awesome what's the name of it and where can we find it uh, it is called Wisecracking Blonde. Um, it's available on all the big podcast platforms. Okay. And then uh, it's a YouTube show as well. So the oh, YouTube sweet. show typically comes out first. I usually put that out on uh, every other Friday. And then the podcast comes out the following Tuesday. So um, it's been awesome. a lot of I'm fun. I'm checking it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got to have you on sometime. We'll talk about Marvel. And I would love to because I could talk about that for Star Wars and that for hours. Yep. 
Same. My my episodes are supposed to be between 30 and 40 minutes. My Star Wars episode ended up being almost two hours. So I have a bunch to cut out or I'm going to make it two parts. Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, I was four, 13 when I saw the first one. So I grew up with it. So yeah. I have a few Star Wars toys. You know, I would, my daughter laughs at me when I would buy them at the Disney store. I said, look, when I was a kid, we couldn't afford them. I can afford them now. Oh, right. <laughs> Yep. Now I'm going to buy him. Well, yeah. And the guy that I had on with me, he's also a co-host or a co-host of another podcast about Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is a diehard, has the stormtrooper full suit, goes oh, and is wow. like an extra in movies. Like he takes it very seriously. He's had six, seven uh, Star Wars tattoos. Like he's a diehard. So I, I try it. to get people on who know the topic <laughs> so that we can have a good conversation about it. I love it. I love it. Christina, thank you so much for being on here. This I enjoyed your story. God, I love that story. It is just so sweet. It's like a fairy tale almost, you know? Thank you. I yeah, just... I'm grateful every day. He is such a good man. Yeah. I don't even, yeah, I cannot tell you. I sincerely thought I was going to die alone like I was in that <laughs> in that mindset. Um, and yeah, he he's the godsend and I sincerely appreciate that he's in my life. Well, thank you again. And I just want everybody to know that online dating does work. You just got to be real careful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yep. Just be a cynic. You'll you'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you very much. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I sincerely appreciate it. Okay.